Loves, Pampers, Bounce, Downy, Tide, Gain, Charmin, Puffs, Always, Gillette, Head and Shoulders, Pantene, Old Spice, Dawn, Cascade, Gain, Febreze, Mr. Clean, Swiffer, Crest, Oral-B, Vicks, Pepto-Bismol, Prilosec, Olay, Secret. These are a couple of the main brands, but not all of them, under the Procter & Gamble corporate umbrella. So, there's a lot going on at Procter & Gamble, all right? There's a lot of good brands, a lot of household brands in in many senses, or both senses of the word, um, under the Procter & Gamble, Procter & Gamble, um, you know, umbrella, as we like to say. So let's talk about the fundamentals of the company. Um, You know, before we, you you know, from what I've already kind of described, this is a brand that you've, a company with a bunch of brands that you've probably used a lot, or you know people who use them a lot or you buy them constantly at, you know, different stores and different places in your neighborhood, your neighborhood Walmart, your neighborhood uh, dollar store, you know, something like that. Um, But chances are you have used, um, definitely bought, um, I would say, a Procter & Gamble brand uh, product. So company currently has a total market capitalization or current market capitalization of $383 billion approximately, with a price to earnings ratio of about 29. yeah, well, let's say 28. Um, 20 is the benchmark for fair value. So obviously, uh, currently at least, the company's uh, current share price of about $160 as of this recording is uh, seemingly overvalued by about eight, nine points above the 20 mark uh, for price earnings ratio when the price earnings ratio is currently about 28, 29. So overvalued, but... Um, Let's talk about the fundamentals, like dig into the fundamentals a little bit more of Procter & Gamble. The company's total assets, as of the last report, are about $119 billion. Total liability is about $73 billion. Um, that's actually a fantastic balance sheet for this kind of company, consumer goods, package goods company. Lots of volatility and lots of things that, you know, a lot of costs and debt that could add up. Um, but it seems that their total assets, like very, very well outweigh their total liabilities compared to other brands and companies um, similar to Procter & Gamble. Um, I haven't done a sufficient amount of research on those companies, but I can only assume Procter & Gamble is a, Procter & Gamble is a leader in this space um, and they have a fantastic balance sheet. So it's, it's, it's great to kind of start off with that um, income statement, total revenues over the past four to five years, um, increasing, you know, Shallow, uh, shallow, modestly, let's say that modestly, 65 billion approximately in 2017, 2021 to 76 billion approximately. I like that actually. I don't want Procter and Gamble to their total revenues to increase dramatically one year and then kind of waver the next and kind of even go down a little bit. That volatility, I don't like that volatility. I don't. I like to be a very, very boring uh, investor. That's what I like to do. And uh, Procter & Gamble so far seems like a, a stock for that, a stock for me, <laughs> um, at least what I've seen so far. But what's a little due diligence when you have, you know, when you can get a bigger picture of the company? So the total revenues, even though it sounds like I'm kind of um, 
you know, putting the company down for their total revenues kind of shallowly or modestly increasing. I'm really not. I love that. I prefer, I would prefer that um, any time of the day. Cash flow statement and net income, about $15.4 billion in 2017, 2021, uh, about $14.3 billion. So that went down a little bit. Um, maybe they invested a little bit more. Uh, maybe they had some costs that they had to kind of, you know, make sure that they were tending to. Um, maybe other stuff, you know, company stuff. I'm not really worried about that at all. Um, you know, just investing in maybe new companies, partnerships, um, you know, reinvesting in its employees, maybe dividends. I don't know. But something like that is probably, uh, you know, all or some of those activities are activities that a company like Procter & Gamble um, has likely and is likely engaging in and going to engage in in the future. So I'm not really worried about that. Um, valuation slightly overvalued right now. Um, you know, it's probably a, a byproduct of the demand from, you know, the brunt of COVID-19 that has made this company kind of uh, really desirable. A lot of people want these products and need these products, especially as, as it relates to kind of their tissue brands and things like that. Um, and other, you know, sanitary kind of products that are sanitary centered products um, that people use um, and use more often now. So that's great for Procter and Gamble and for the consumer. Um, so, that's probably, it's a lot of run-up demand, um, you know, is what I can kind of attribute the high price earnings ratio and high share price, relatively high share price uh, right now um, compared to the company's fair value. But at the same time, it doesn't seem like a company that, you know, you, uh, you, you, you know, it's, it's similar to many companies that we've analyzed so far in that you might want to wait for the company to the share price to kind of dip down a little bit um, just to maybe get it at a little more fair price, not necessarily pay a huge premium for the company, but again, it wouldn't necessarily be a, likely a bad idea if you bought the company or bought shares in the company today um, at its current share price is about 160 dollars it's a uh, not terribly overvalued right now it seems like according to the price earnings ratio and other uh, metrics that we're looking at here but um you know do your own due diligence on kind of where you want to enter on the pricing uh, and things like that let's kind of finish up our five minute stock analysis um you know the company is i want to say it's growing um, this is a huge company, with a lot of seasoned brands, which is we don't see this a lot in a lot of companies, but this company is growing um, in terms of, you know, on all, you know, metrics, uh, the, the primary metrics in terms of earning, earnings per share growth, um, you know, revenue growth. Uh, those are the two ones that I really see. Um, it's, it's really incredible for this kind of company. Um, you know, they're really doing well, actually. Um, they have strong return on assets, strong return on investment annually. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, solid stuff, uh, solid financials that make me a confident investor and just kind of a, a market spectator in Procter and Gamble. Um, so be sure to do your own due diligence, but you know, as of right now, everything that I've seen kind of, you know, as a launching pad to more due diligence, more in-depth due diligence and analysis of the company's future. Um, you know, there's a lot of good stuff about Procter and Gamble, according to the numbers. And we just focus on the numbers. Um, and kind of put it in the, the, use the picture, the general picture of the macroeconomic factors as well. But, um, you know, men lie, women lie, and numbers don't, um, unless you are Enron, of course. Um, anyways, but uh, yeah, be sure to do your own, deal, do your own due diligence on Procter & Gamble. Um, they're a huge company, huge presence. And uh, let's see if they, uh, you should check out and see if they uh, deserve a presence in your portfolio.